Welcome, everybody, to the Pac-Man Podcast, Patriotic American Citizen. I'm Ted Flint. You know, this is uh, the second go-around for this particular broadcast. I had a good show last night. I put a fine show together, one of my better ones, and, of course, it didn't take. It wasn't recorded to MP3, so it, it was. I wasted basically half an hour. It was the best show nobody's ever heard. A story of my life. Anyway, uh, we're going to begin talking about a, a bill in the state legislature, and I think it's in the assembly. There'll, no doubt there'll be a companion bill in the Senate at some point, but this, I think somebody Facebooked me this uh, this bill, and I think Nick Perry, downstate Democrat, naturally, is the uh, one of the authors of this bill. It's disturbing, to say the least. It, New York State is becoming like Soviet Russia. Right now, in the state of New York, the People's Republic of New York, as I like to put it, there's a proposal being prepared for lawmakers to consider that would resolve this dispute of whether or not everybody should get vaccinated against their will. Now, I'm vaccinated, as I've said. Uh, I have not gotten the booster. I'm not due for a couple of months. And when the time comes, I will make that decision. I don't want it made for me. But there's a, a plan here. And the legislature will reconvene in a couple of weeks. This plan would allow authorities to simply determine who they want to lock up and then lock them up. The idea is being it's being sold to us as a public health law. And it would allow the governor to or his appoint or her appointee in this case, Governor Hochul, to decide that anyone who is sick and may pose a danger to another shall be detained in a medical facility or other appropriate facility or premises designed by the governor or her delegates. There wouldn't be forced medication unless a court order allowed for that. That's according to the proposal. The National Pulse explained the proposed law. It's a bill. And of course, I I have no doubt that Governor uh, Kathy Hochul would sign this. It would allow authorities to remove and detain cases, contacts, carriers, or anyone suspected of presenting a significant threat to the public health. It's all about public health. What about individual liberty? Well, that's sacrificed in the name of public health. So I'm not going to read you the entire report here, but it's bill number 416, A416. And it's it's a basic threat, I believe, from what I read about it, to basic liberties of all Americans in the state of New York. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure other states will follow suit, other blue states. And it would include the right to choose whether or not to receive medical treatment and vaccinations. That's the big issue right now. The, uh, President Biden was on today urging everybody to get their booster shots and, and to get vaccinated. He's gotten his booster. And he's, he's asking Americans politely, as politely as, as he can, at this point. But if American and most Americans have been vaccinated, a high percentage. So this report continued, though the bill attempts to state that no one shall be held for more than 60 days, the language allows for court orders to waive this maximum detention time. After 60 days, the court is allowed an additional 90 days to consider the detention of an individual, a cycle that can last indefinitely per the opinion of the department. The proposal is vague, and I'm not looking at the actual proposal. It's a report. Whoever wrote this this piece uh, <clears throat> looked at the proposal, and we're getting so we're getting it secondhand, basically. But it suggests that its provisions, this bill's provisions, could be used against anyone the department believes has the capacity to pose a threat in the future. 
such as those refusing to receive the COVID-19 vaccination. So the plan in New York allows roundups of individuals to begin after that a detention order is posted in a conspicuous place. I can't believe what I'm reading here. It's Soviet Russia. It's Hitler's Germany. Those locked up will be informed that they have a right to a hearing, and authorities will be required to offer to the prisoner that his friends and family be notified of the detention. Inmates also are required to behave to the satisfaction of authorities. Well, that's how it is in prison or jail. This is crazy. And it's not law, but it's a proposal. And I'm sure the uh, assembly will take up the measure, if not in January, at some point, you know, during this legislative session. And of course, there's got to be a companion bill in the Senate. Both bills have to be identical. Both houses have to pass the identical bills and then the governor would sign it. That's how it becomes law. You know, we have, I, I saw the president today for a little bit, and I, as much as I could take. I mean, he's a senile shell of a man and everything's about COVID. If you're, if you're listening to NPR, which I do on occasion, as I've said to you, I, I like to see how the other half lives. I listen to NPR, and, and all they talk about is, is Omicron and COVID. Like, there's nothing else in the world that exists. Not Russia making moves on the Ukraine, which is, I think, personally, I think that's Russia's business. But we have record-setting inflation. We have not had inflation like this since the 1970s, when Jimmy Carter was in office. I remember 1979. And it's making all of us poorer. We have less of our own money to keep and to spend because it's being taken by government. We have a, a full-scale invasion by millions of illegal aliens crossing our southern border. We have these COVID policies, which are nothing short of tyrannical, which is crushing our economy. And the treatment, and I mentioned, I think, on this uh, on, uh, this issue on the, on the last podcast, but the treatment these Jan uh, January 6th political prisoners are receiving is, is like what they would receive in a communist nation. Solitary confinement? They're in the bowels of D.C. And this administration is just going on and the media is not telling you about it. This guy, this Biden is a puppet. He's not running the country. The Democrat Party's a radical socialist Marxist party. And its media propagandists are not telling the Americans what they need to hear. We have going on in this country... Somebody, as one writer put it, and I love the way he put it, it's a full-scale Marxist reset of America. They hate the free markets, and they're they want to stack the Supreme Court. They want to repeal the Senate's filibuster rule. They want to defund the nation's police. For, for, for what purposes? To what ends? We see the ends. In, in San Francisco, that idiot mayor out there finally admitted there's, there's a crisis. She, she admits there's a state of emergency in San Francisco. Rising crime rates, it's unbelievable what's happening there. This administration also wants to destroy the fossil fuel industry. They think that they're going to save the planet by eliminating fossil fuel fuels over the next 15 or 20 years. I think it's 2050. He wants the nation totally uh, free from carbon fuels. Now, right now, the oil and natural gas is the engine that fuels America's economy. I mean, it, it is unreal what's happening in this country. The world has gone mad. The left wing tells us that we are irredeemably racist and white people have got to feel guilty and beg for forgiveness for crimes that they never committed. I, don't, I didn't enslave anybody. My people were being enslaved in Ireland when slavery was going on here in this country. 
it's unbelievable what's happening. And I know you know that. I, I was going to try to keep this this uh, program light as we're heading into the Christmas season. We'll do another show for for the Christmas holidays too. But these, uh, you know, the, the, back to COVID. I mean, the left is continually trying to scare the American public about COVID. Oh, it's now it's the Omicron variant, which is, I guess, more contagious, but less lethal so far. But as the, as the pandemic continues, it eventually will be endemic. As these variants split and mutate, they become weaker and weaker. That's the nature of a virus. I have the good, a good fortune of working with somebody who's taken pre-med courses. And he, he explained it to me today. It's just common sense. We get our flu shots every year, most of us. And every year, we're going to have to get COVID uh, shots, boosters, whatever you call them. It's going to be a thing that we have to live with. But these Democrats are trying to scare us. They've weaponized the pandemic via these lockdowns and these mask mandates and, and the vaccine mandates. How about letting the American people treat themselves? If, they're, if they don't want to get the vaccine, maybe we should be allowed to get ivermectin or you know other uh, treatments or uh, hydroxychloroquine. But many states don't allow those treatments. They're trying to force the vaccine on us. Anyway, I want to get to something which I find disturbing uh, as we uh, enter the Christmas season. We know that the reason we celebrate is for the birth of Jesus. He's our Lord and Savior. There's a new poll out by Lifeway Research, and it was a piece written by Chuck Norris, who is a, a devout Christian. The piece is in WorldNet Daily, and he quotes the report in Lifeway Research, and it concludes that according to most Americans, Christmas is a celebration of a real event. Well, the birth of Jesus. It happened. But they don't know why Jesus was born or why he came to earth. A large percentage of Americans. Christianity Today reports this new study from Lifeway Research finds close to three in four Americans believe Jesus was born in Bethlehem more than 2,000 years ago. Even more say Jesus is the Son of God the Father. Well, let's hope so. But less than half believe Jesus existed prior to being born on that first Christmas. Now, that's disturbing. Presumably, these people are Christians. Here are a few of the specific findings, according to LifeWay Research. More than 9 in 10, 91% celebrate Christmas. That's a good thing. For most of those celebrating, Christmas is about an historical occurrence, which it is. But as I mentioned, 72% say Jesus was born in Bethlehem more than 2,000 years ago. That's good. 9% don't agree with that. 18% are not sure they were born without brains, basically, or the power of discernment. 80% agree Jesus Christ is the Son of God. 10% disagree. 10% are not sure. The average person isn't quite as sure about the Son of God's existence prior to Jesus's birth. Now, this was, uh, I heard Bill O'Reilly say there is no evidence. He said this on his radio show, I think, of 10, 15 years ago, that there's no evidence that Jesus existed before, before he was born in the manger. There are all kinds of uh, examples in the Old Testament. The story in, uh, in Genesis of Melchizedek, the priest from Salem, it says that he had no lineage now, a lot of Bible scholars, and I, I would not that I'm a scholar, but I, I agree with those who say that Melchizedek was actually Jesus. Makes sense. Had no lineage. Everybody has lineage. Other examples. It depends on the, uh, uh, the scriptures and the interpretations of, of these scriptures, but a lot of uh, Bible scholars believe the uh, 
the angel who wrestled with Jacob was actually Jesus. The angel of the Lord. Well, in, in some Bibles, the word angel, the A is, is capitalized, which would tell me that that's Jesus. But anyway, there, there are numerous examples of Jesus, you know, being alive before he was born in the manger. So 41% say God's son existed before Jesus was born in Bethlehem. 32% of Americans disagree, and 28% say they are not sure. Anyway, Scott McConnell is executive director of Lifeway Research, and he's got a couple of uh, comments in here. He said, most Americans believe Jesus' origin was from God the Father, but half as many believe he existed before his birth. They all should believe that, if they're Christians especially. Uh, bottom line, despite widespread belief that Jesus really came to earth as a baby, there is far less familiarity with who Jesus really was and is and why he came to earth. That's the essence of Christianity. Jesus alone died for our sins, for our spiritual freedom, so that may we, we may have eternal life. That's why we celebrate his birth. Jesus is God in the flesh. That's why his name is also called Emmanuel, which means God with us. So Jesus was with us before the manger. To me, it's obvious. You know, uh, he had no beginning and he'll have no end. Right now, he's sitting at the right hand of the Father. He's just waiting for the Father's say-so to return to earth. And uh, those of us uh, who are in Christ, we know our shepherd. We know who our shepherd is, and the shepherd knows his sheep. And if you don't know Jesus, you better you better get down to business, because really there's nothing else matters in the end. Back to Chuck Norris's piece here, a world-renowned religious scholar, pioneer teacher, and prolific author, Dr. Houston Smith. Passed away in 2016 at the age of 97, and this guy was trained in Zen Buddhist uh, theology. He was in a monastery in Japan, studied the Sufi mystic in Iran, and lived in many different cultures and countries. And he spent a majority of his academic career as a professor at Washington University in St. Louis back in the 40s and 50s. He was at MIT in the 50s through the 70s, Syracuse University. And he retired from Syracuse and moved out to Berkeley, California, where he was a visiting professor of religious studies at the University of California, Berkeley, until his death. That would tell me that he's a political liberal. He was asked before he died quite a few years ago in an interview, who do you think Jesus was? Was he just another charismatic Jew Jewish healer? Even though Smith was what many categorize as liberal in many of his views, I mean, he did retire at Cal Berkeley, his answer about the Son of God was, was thus. He was God incarnate. He was Christ. He was God in human form. That's why C.S. Lewis, the, the great Oxford and Cambridge scholar and author of Chronicles of Narnia, and he, who was once an avid atheist, C.S. Lewis, and I've read a lot of Lewis's works, uh, he said, a man who was merely a man and said the sort of things that Jesus said would not be a, a good moral teacher. He would be either a lunatic on a level with a man who says he is a poached egg, or else he would be the devil of hell. You've got to make your choice. Either this man was and is the Son of God, or else a madman, or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool, you can spit at him and kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great moral teacher. He has not left that open to us. 
he did not intend to. The words of C.S. Lewis. And the, I love the way uh, Chuck Norris ended the, the, the piece here, and I'll end the, the, uh, the program on this note. Uh, there was a quote that uh, Norris read a long time ago, and I love the quote. A thousand times in this life, a baby has become a king, but only once has a king become a baby. And that's the story of Christmas. That's why we celebrate the king's birth, and that's why uh, I celebrate it, my family. And I know you and your family will celebrate it that way as well. Thank you very much, folks, for tuning us in. I'm Ted Flint. This is the Pac-Man Podcast. If you like what you're hearing and what you've heard, hit the like button at the on this page, and also hit subscribe. And we have so many other fine programs uh, for you to listen to. We our, our, our aim is to edify you and to enlighten you and to entertain you. And we hope we do that. And if you like what you hear, let us know about it. If you want to contact me directly, you can do that via email, pacman, P-A-C-M-A-N, at thebmgnetwork.com, all lowercase. And again, hit like and subscribe and listen to the fine programs of Ken Burns Show. The BMG Network would not be in existence without Ken Burns. And uh, Adrian Ross with her fine program. Check out our columns. The Pack Perspective is up there for you at least one column a week, and we invite you to uh, check out our fine website. Thanks very much, folks, for tuning us in. If the Lord wills it, we will talk to you. Oh, I forgot to mention, my daughter Madeline does a podcast, and she uh, is going to try to do it weekly. She's also up on the BMG Network, the and I think she calls it The Essentials with Madeline Flint. So thanks for tuning into this program, and if the Lord wills it, we will talk to you soon. The Pac-Man Podcast was produced and edited in the BMG Studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more episodes of the Pac-Man Podcast, go to the bmgnetwork.com or go to the BMG Network on Facebook. And be sure to tune in to the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flint.